And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bear him with sorrow. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed, and enlarge my coast, and thine hand might be with me, and thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested. Now notice verse 11. And Chalub, the brother of Shua, began... And then it goes on again with all those names. And they keep looking down. You got your Bibles open, keep looking down. And it keeps going and going and going. So my question is, what in the world was the motive for all of a sudden giving the genealogy and giving all the names and the people and then he just stopped? It's almost like the writer was ADD, like a lot of us. It's like, Bird, it's like, Jabez. And then, you know, you're just going back to business. And then we get back to it again. Has anybody ever noticed that before? Because you read Jabez and it's that. But if you notice, it's a bunch of people. It's a lot of names. It's a lot of history. It's a lot of, uh, it's generations of people that are involved there. It's a lot of people. But at the beginning of it, it says this. And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. It, It literally says, I'm stopping to focus. I'm stopping to lift this guy up. I'm stopping to focus on this. Because this guy has something about him that needs to be recognized. It's more honorable. Now, I'm going to ask you guys this. Could that be said about you and I? Could God, if he was going through, and I just for the sake of, let's say, the church roll, okay? And God was reading through the church roll, and he was going through there, and he stopped, and he said, and Dominic. Oh, let me tell you about Dominic. I mean, I'll, I'll only say good things. <laughs> and Dominic loves kids with all of his heart, and Dominic loves to see kids come to know Christ. And Dominic has a burden for people that are dying and go to hell. And this honored the Lord. Let me continue. Do you see what I'm saying? God like puts pause to honor, focus, lift up, zone in on this one guy because what he was known for. And so I I want to just study this tonight. I say this because I grew up in church and I'm looking at a bunch of people that grew up in church just like I did. Church is part of my DNA. It just, it, it just is. It's so much part of my DNA. If I was ever not in church, I wouldn't know what to do. I, I promise. If, if there was no church, you know, Sunday morning, I've got such a routine and I've had it for, you know, I was going to say 30 years. 40 years. 40 years. I've had this routine for 40 years. I would literally, uh, for some reason, there was just no more church. On Sunday morning, you'd find me standing at the door with my Bible because I wouldn't know what else to do. I'm like, I got to go to church. It's just what I do. It's in my blood. And, and, and I think what happens is we get so used to certain things. So the lady this morning, oh my goodness. I am telling you, she was crying. I took everything to, 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 for me not to cry. And I'm not just saying that. I, I'm not, I don't cry. He's, and I, I told them, I said, she was so genuine. She was telling me. And she just turned to me and she said, I just want what you guys got. I want more of it. If you knew where I was at, if you knew what I've gone through, if you know, and I'm like, wow, like God, send us a hundred more like this. But let me tell you, if God sends us a hundred more, I need a hundred more people to help me with a hundred more people like that. Because there's just no way that we, we've all got to be ready and, and, and able to connect there. But I love that because she had that desire and craving. And I think after a while of us getting there, when's the last time you prayed the prayer or said to somebody, I just can't get enough of Jesus? We, we almost, we've got it as much as we can take. We're bored with it now. 
You know, I know we're bored with it because we can stand and sing and we, we mumble the words and we, we just go through the motions of it. So here's, here's an extension of the verses that I saved for tonight that I didn't give this morning. So you don't have to turn there. I just want to read it because I want you to get this. God's desire. You remember I was talking about all the verses of how God wants to do everything. So this is, this is how God works. This is God's desire for us. Romans 12, 11 says, not slothful in business. And then he says, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Fervent in spirit. So here's the word fervent. The word fervent in this passage means to be hot. Look it up. If you guys got cool apps now, okay? You say, I don't have a dictionary, Bible, Greek dictionary at home. You can look it up and just click it in there. If you, if you don't know how to do that, go to blueletterbible.com. Download the app and you'll be able to do crazy cool studies at your home uh, just like we do as pastors. Blue Letter Bible. Look it up. Look what the Greek word is. Fervent in spirit. You know what fervent is? It means to be hot. <laughs> Literally, you know, you know, you're talking about we want revival in the church. We, we, we want to serve God. God says, all right, not slothful in business, not, not lazy in business, but I want, I want them to be on fire. I want to be fervent I want to be zealous like the other word that we put in Revelation that he, we read in Revelation about that. Fervent, you boil as the example of with liquids. Isn't that what God said that I wish that you weren't lukewarm but you were cold or hot? That hot means to boil. That's how God wants us to serve. That's how he wants you to witness. That's how he wants you to worship. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty eight. you guys know this. But notice this word as we read it. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. All right, the word abounding means to superabound. It means to be in excess. It means to excel. It means to be in abundance. You guys see a theme here? Okay, Titus 2.14. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Every time we reading these passages of God sends people in to do something or we represent the greatness of a God, he tells us to do it with greatness or God to do it with zeal or do it with abundance or do it with fervency or to be on fire for God. I fear that there's a great gap between what we read in the scriptures and what we experience in the church and the home and in our lives. I'm serious. I feel like we read these things and God says, does it measure up? If God was to take your life or my life and these scriptures, fervent in spirit, uh, you know, always abounding, you know, all these different things. And God says, it doesn't match up. If it doesn't match up and we're not reflecting who he is, then we're not being Christ-like. We're not showing, we're not living, we're not acting out these things what he said there's a danger too because this also rubs off on the next generation it rubs off on them because i tell you if i am no big deal they're going to be no big deal if i'm not asking and craving and this morning and god's been working on my heart guys i don't do this enough i am just flat out being honest with you i don't do this enough i i, I feel like i know a lot of these things but if i'm to stop and look how i'm applying this life i fall short big time He's saying, well, he's a pastor. He's, that's what he, I'm telling you. This morning, me and Morgan came to the church, and she comes with me a lot of times on Sunday. Before we came into the church, I stopped, and I looked at Morgan. I said, you know what, Morgan? I, wanna, I want today to be a great day. And I said, can we just pray right here together? 
you know, I'm going to be honest. I think it was the first time that I've ever done that just with me and Morgan in all my life. Shame on me. I'm not saying that we haven't prayed before bed and stuff like that. I'm, t- I'm talking, you know, I'm, I'm not just another Sunday. Why is it that we'll put so much work into making sure our kids' shoes are set out, they've got their socks, and they brush their teeth, but we're not craving and crying out to God for something. What's missing? Let me, let me walk you through Jabez, okay? And you say you walk through, we're going to walk through again in a different way, okay? Why did God do all these things? We looked at this morning about the philosophy that the greatness of God and God shows his greatness through the avenue of people. And God desires that we have a desire for greatness or a desire for great things. And we just walk through those things of what he asked. But let me show you the why. Number one, he believed God. He believed God. He believed God's promise. This is the part I didn't tell you this morning. And once again, there's only so much that I can fit in there. He took God at his word this land that he was standing on was promised to him. Do you guys know that? He was standing on promised land. I know the captivity and all the junk that they went through and the devastation and all those things that happened. But uh, I'm going to ask you guys to turn in your Bibles. Uh, they can put it all on the screen, but I want you guys to look at this. Exodus 6.6. 6. So I'm going to take you back to a promise of God. Take you all the way back and show you this is what God promised. I'm going to show you the application of this here in a minute. In Exodus 6.6... 6, Promise to them, promise to their generation, promise to God's people was this. Wherefore, say unto the children. Okay, before I read this, I want you guys to notice every time that God said, I will. Okay, as we read this. When God said, I will. Said the children of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from underneath the burdens of the Egyptians. I will rid you out of their bondage. I will redeem you with a stretched out arm. I, I will with great judgments. And I will take you to be my people for a people. And I will be to you a God. And you shall know that I am the Lord your God, which bringeth you out from underneath the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will unto the land concerning that which I did swear to give to Abraham, to Isaac and to Jacob. I will give it you for an inher- for a heritance, heritage. Sorry, I am the Lord. So what was this? Here's Jabez. He's standing there and he goes, I know my history. I know what God said. I know the promises of God. And he just sit there and basically, and we talked about faith and vision and all these things. He was, just, he was just claiming what God already promised. That's what's happening in this passage. He is claiming what God already promised. Do you know how many things that God has promised to us as believers? Do you know how many things that we sit around? Okay, I'm going to give you one because here's the application. I'm going to hit you guys with it. Go ye into all the world. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the ends of the world. Amen. The command to go and be a witness comes with the promise that God said that he would be with us. Now, I'm going to ask you guys this. How many of you in this command and this promise have practiced this this week? Don't raise your hand, but I'm going to ask you. Go and make disciples. Go and get people. Go and invite them. Go and reach them. It's a command with, with a promise. You're saying, we're not seeing great things. We're, we're, we're living in that day and age where we're not seeing that. And God says, stop, stop, okay. Jabez was just claiming 
the promises of God. That's what he was doing. He was claiming God said it. I believe it. It's not name it and claim it. I said that in the video and all, all the other people and groups throughout the week and everything. It's not name it and claim it. I, I, I can't stand that stuff. And you sit there in the name of Jesus. I declare that to be mine. Who are you to tell God what to do? And that's where that, that stuff comes into. It's not about you just naming and claiming it. It's about you claiming the promises of God of what he already said to us. So I'm going to ask you this. When was the last time you brought somebody to the church with you? Now, here's what we're all going to say. I'm praying for greater things. I'm praying and asking God that we see more people saved at the altar. And everybody in this room would say amen. I want to see more baptism. Everybody in this room would say amen. I want to see more marriages restored and more this and more that. I want to see the altar filled every Sunday. Let me ask you, how are lost people going to walk the aisle and get saved if we're not bringing lost people to the church that can walk the aisle and get saved? You know what I'm saying? It's just like, I've had people come up to me and say, Pastor Tony, I remember we had two services and no, nobody came forward and got saved. I think we're, you might be, I'm not kidding. He said, I think you might be doing something wrong. They confronted me with this. I said, did you bring any lost people with you? No. When's the last time you brought any lost people? I don't, I don't know. Well, how is people going to get saved with the gospel if there's no lost people to hear the gospel? Jabez just said, God said it, I'm going to do it. He believed in the promises of God. This, it's, it's amazing what will happen. If, let, let's say all of us did this. Let's say all of us started making an application to just like Jabez, you said it, I'll do it. So this morning, uh, Kevin joined the church. So let me tell you, and I t- kind of told it this morning how Kevin came to the church. Right back in the corner when you come in on that side right there where the table is, Kevin was standing there. We're doing a funeral together. He's a funeral director for Evan's Funeral Home. I'm standing next to there. We're gearing up for, uh, for Easter. I said, Kevin, what are you doing for Easter? He goes, man, I don't know. I've not been in church. I'm not, you know, active anywhere or whatever. I said, would you come to Easter? I said, man, thank you. I will. I thought, okay. So Easter Sunday, hey, I walk in there. There's Kevin. I walked out of my way. I went up to him. I hugged him. I said, man, it's great to see you. I told you I'd be here. We invited him to do the activity. We did God's Not Dead that Friday night. We had the big thing and pizza and all these other things that we did. He was there. He's come every Sunday since. Amen. He is now our setup guy that comes in on Saturdays and Sunday afternoons and setting up for the classes that you're going to. You say, how did that happen? I was like, hey, uh, God help me. Um, hey, Kevin, do you, you want to come to church? Yeah. Do you guys want me to instant replay of that? How many more are out there? I'm serious. How many more are out there? And we're just, God just said, why? I was like, God, he did it. He's like, I told you. I told you I'd go with you. I told you you'd make disciples. I I promised I would go with you to the end of the world. I promised no matter where you go, I don't care if it's Thailand or the Philippines or Columbus, Ohio, or Canal Winchester. God said, I'll go with you. And I'll be there, and I'll be your power, and I'll be your strength. And Acts chapter 1, verse 8, and the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and you shall have power as you do these things. Jabez just said, okay, God, if you promise it, I want it. He claimed the promises of God. We have to believe in what God said. So here's my challenge to you. This week, meet somebody. 
I'm asking you to meet someone. I'm asking you to walk out of here tonight, tomorrow. If you go to Big Boy after church tonight, if you go to Culver's after church tonight, if you're working, if you're in a drive, whatever, I want you to keep your eyes open. I'm asking everyone. I don't want you to just sit there and go there. We're, we're making application. You want to see God do great things? Here's your project. Here's your work. You've got to go out of here and do you to decide to ask God to do big things. That, that, that's what you, Jabez did it. God, God said, and I granted him that which he requested. I said, I, I just went in. I was like, will you grant me what I'm requesting? So let's, get, let's take this further. Number one, he claimed the promises of God, or he, he, uh, he just took God at his word. He believed what God said. Number two, you ready for this? He asked God. He prayed for it. Jabez prayed and asked God. He prayed boldly. Now I'm going to read you a verse. Jeremiah 33, verse 3. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. First of all, let me show you the, uh, the promise of that. But he said in the promise, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and I'll show thee great mighty things which thou knowest not. And I know some of you are already drifting in your mind, saying, oh, okay, whatever. So uh, I'm going to ask God for you know, a, a yacht or whatever things. And, and I know that's where a lot of people pray crazy prayers. And say, man, I'm praying. I had a guy, I'm not kidding. He said, man, he read this verse to me. And he, I said, what are you praying for? And he said, a Lamborghini. I am not kidding. I, I promise you. I said, a Lamborghini? Hey, the Bible says, dream big, I'm dreaming big. And I was like, okay, uh, that's not what God was saying there. <laughs> see, see, we get off. 1 John 5, 14, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Now we're getting back on track. You see, according to his will, does, it, does what you're asking God to do line up with his purpose? To pray for souls to be saved, to pray for people to be saved and baptized, to pray for people to be made in disciples, to pray for marriages that are falling apart to be restored, to pray for your wife or to pray for your kids or to pray for salvation or pray for all these different things. And, and, and I mean, it even comes greater than that, even the provision for your kids and say, I shouldn't pray for a house. Man, God said, take care of your family. Yes, it's okay to pray for those things. But it can't be for selfish reasons of say, I just want to consume it upon my lust. To pray, Lord, expand our boundaries. Even within the church, expand our mission, expand our reach, expand our outreach here at the church. So in the video, when I went through, verily, verily, I say to you that he that believeth in the works that I shall do, greater works than these shall he do because I go to my Father. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do. It means whatsoever you ask on behalf of my father or in my father's name or on my behalf. I'm just saying I'm doing that on behalf of what Christ would want me to do. Is what I'm doing is I'm continuing the work that Jesus did when he said I'm going to heaven, but I'm leaving you here to continue it. So I'm going to ask you, study the life of Christ. God didn't ask, Jesus, you never saw Jesus in a Lamborghini, okay? He wasn't going around do, doing the, what, what he was doing is he was doing everything in his power to bring glory to his father. Everything in his, um, in my name or on behalf or in honor of the Lord. He was telling us that the, and at the end of it, he says that the father may be glorified. We ask for the sake of Jesus Christ. Greater things is never about us. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this and for the sake of time, I'm not going to take a lot of time. But I would, I would want you to do this. I would want you to take a piece of paper. 
And, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm really asking you guys to do this this week because I thought I'd have more time than this. But to write down it, and, and in those three categories of your personal life, your family, and your church, write down and pray. And I'm going to give you examples. And I'm praying, I'm going to really tell you guys some of my personal ones as we do this. To write down things that you're asking God for. Jabez wrote it down. It's specific. Lord, expand my, go, uh, my coast. Lord, bless me indeed. He asked for that the hand of God might be upon me mightily. And he asked that God would uh, protect me and that it might not grieve me. Those were the things that he asked for. He, he did these things. I'm praying this. And I, you guys just know my heart. For me as a father, I'm praying and asking God to help me do a better job of knowing how to connect the teen boys. And you say, read a book. I promise you this. Any parent in here can tell you right now, there's no book that can replace the wisdom of God. And I'm not saying that people don't have good knowledge and things like that. But man, there's just things that come up that I just don't know. There's things that come up in my personal life as a pastor that I just don't know. I don't know. Man, I'd love it if people came up to me and was like, Pouring into me and, you know, of how to, how to be a pastor and how, a book, 101 ways to answer every problem in the church. I would, buy, I would buy it in a heartbeat. But I tell you, we ask God for these things. Lord, lead me, guide me, help me to know these things. What, what are the prayers for your family? To say, God, give me time or give me resources or give me provision or give me health. I, I know people right now that are praying in the church. Lord, give me a job that allows me to be home with my family. Because I know families right now that, that are not able to be here. And you, you just say that's in vain or whatever. It's not in vain. Lord, give, give me a provision, a, a home that has a, a good, healthy environment for my kids that I can go out and not worry about them. Or God is honored by this. I tell you, me and Jen have a, a crazy big dream. I'm just going to share with you something that's just way outside the box and we're doing. We're praying and asking God. That next year, when we go on the mission trip, that our entire family can go together. Now, we've, we've never done that. And knowing the, the travel time, knowing the flights, knowing the cost and all that, it seems this. But I can tell you, when I was on the last mission trip, I came home and I talked to Jenny and I said, I've got an idea. And I said, I would love to take our entire family on a mission trip. I want, before my kids leave the house, for our entire family to experience the mission field as a family. You say, that's big. Yeah, I serve a big God. I don't, I don't know how, but that's the thing. It's, I, I believe that if God put it on my heart and, and it's an idea that we want to do, I'm going to pursue that because I'm going to miss out on God's greatness if I don't ask God for his greatness. But I do know this, if God has that for me, God's going to do something amazing on that trip through my family. And allow us to experience something that might change them forever. And the greatness that I want for them in the rest of their life might come as a result of what they do on that trip. He asked for it. Let me tell you about us as a church. I want to be known as a pastor and as a church that preaches the truth. I, I, that's, I'm just I'm giving you my list, literally. I want to be known as a pastor and a church that preaches the truth. And I'm going to tell you just the same way that Paul said it. I want to be instant in season and out of season. Literally meaning if it's popular or it's not. And I know perilous times will come. And I'm asking God to give me the heart and the burden and the vision. That even if it came time where things were illegal to preach. That I would still have the guts to preach them. And as times are changing and things like that. 
I will rightly divide the truth and give it out. I, I, I shared last week about my burden of uh, on Sunday morning at Fellowship Baptist Church. And if you weren't here, I'm telling you now, this is, this is, and I have no time frame for this whatsoever, but a burden on my heart. I desperately would love to go to two morning services at Fellowship Baptist Church. I want it to where people can serve in nursery and junior church and all the other ministries of our church and still have an opportunity to go to church and hear the preaching. And right now what happens is people have to give up one to do the other. And it's, it makes it difficult. Or, or people with their jobs and their schedules and things like that. I just, I'm brokenhearted how many people. We had 530, 540 people in the, in the sanctuary this morning. That, that many people just in this room right here. But what happens is we're trying to recruit people to go out there and help us with junior church and Sunday school because as this grows, so does that. But what's happening is there's a lot of families that say, I don't want that because I need the sanctuary. I need the preaching. You say, why are you saying that? It's just, it's just a, a burden. It's a vision. And, and as doing more with, with kids, I believe that in, in this society with kids, and we've got to raise the bar. Because we have got to be the ones that give them truth because they're not getting it anywhere else. Nowhere else. And you say, unless their parents go to church, well, praise God for that. Then we've got to educate the parents because even a lot of the parents, Dr. Phil is not cutting it to teach them how to live right. Amen. So where are they going to get it? We're going to make disciples. We're going to train. We're going to educate. We're going to raise up. We're going to lead. We're going to show. We're going to give by example. We're going to do all the things that the Bible said. That's what we're going to do. And I believe through, through all these things that God's going to do greater things in our lives. Let me, let me give you the last one. He trusted God for it. He believed God. He asked God for it. Oh, let me, I, I skipped a point. Um, James chapter 4, verse 3. And I, I put this in the video, but I wanted to reiterate this. You ask and you receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. When you sit there and say, man, I pray, I ask God, and God doesn't hear my prayer, you better stop and ask, God, is my motives right? Because he said, you ask and miss, or you ask for the wrong reasons. Now, if you were to take this in the context of James, what James was talking about in this very context is James was talking about praying evil deeds upon somebody. So let's say you get into a fight with somebody, and you say, Lord, I pray that they lose their job. That's, that's what it's talking about. And he says, no, you're praying evil upon them, and I will not answer that. But the principle over the verse is when you pray that goes against the will of God, God will not hear you. So if you're praying for a job and God says you're not honoring me with what you're making, making out, you're not, God's not going to answer that prayer. If you're praying for you know, a, a new car just because you want to be flashy to people, God's not going to answer that. God knows the motive of our hearts of what you plan on doing with that. But the Bible says, whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. If you're not planning on giving God the glory through your family, your life, or your church, then it's not going to come into your life because you're doing it for yourself. When God says to seek you first the kingdom of heaven and all these things should be added unto you. And trust me, I'm not saying at all that you should not pray or ask God for material possessions or financial gain or whatever. But I'm saying to make sure you keep God first in all that you do. And the last thing I want you to see, Jabez believed God, Jabez asked of God, and Jabez was zealous for God. And I know we touched on this this morning, but think about this message when he said, bless me indeed. If God is to do great things because he wants to show his greatness because we serve an awesome God, we serve a great God. How great is our God? How great thou art. All the songs that we sing about that, God says, I want them to know that. Everything that you sing and proclaim about me, I want them to know about that. 
Say, okay, God, and God says, all right, I'm going to use you to do it. So it's like this. Uh, Over the last week when I was at my parents' house, I cut a lot of PVC, okay? PVC pipe that you have in the walls that carries the cold and all that other, you know, cold water, hot water through your house. And I started thinking about, God speaks to me and even Jordan when we were working. He says, Dad, I bet you're getting lots of sermon illustrations right now, aren't you? I said, yes, son, I am. And uh, so I'm cutting this PVC, and I thought, you know what that does? It doesn't retain, it doesn't hold on to any of those things. It just carries it out. You think about that as for us as Christians, conduit or water pipe or whatever it is, there's a difference between that and a bucket. If you were to take a bucket and fill it up, it holds what it has. But a water pipe, all it does is transport it from here to there. So if you thought about what we do for Jesus Christ, what we do for God as ambassadors, God says, I want to take my blessings, my glory, my greatness, and I want to bring it into the world, and I want to use you to do it. I want to flow right through you. I I want the glory. And the cool thing is, I get to experience all of that in my life as God sends it into the world. Man, I I get to be under the spout where the glory of God comes out and be able to give that and transport that to the world. All those blessings, all his greatness, he just wants to do through me, through my family, and through my church. That's what God wants to do. So the thing is, if God is a great God, and God wants to do great marvelous works, and God wants to do them through us, then we have to anticipate and be zealous for God to do great things. Because nobody's ever going to come to the world and see somebody doing something that's half-hearted, dead, and apathetic, and be like, wow, that must be God. You think about it, that's never going to happen. Nobody's going to see something. If God is the one that makes all things alive in Christ, and we are zealous unto God, and fervent, and hot, and all those other things, and you see something that's dead, nobody's ever going to walk up to something and say, Man, I want that, or that has to be God right there. When Elijah prayed down fire from heaven, I'm sure it sounded a little like it does right now. (laughs) When he prayed down that fire from heaven, the people that stood around stood back and said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. You know why? Because God showed up through what Elijah was doing, and God showed up big. I don't know what that looks like, but I can tell you, they saw the greatness of God in it.